You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. And we are off on a Friday. It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Great to have you along with us as we inch towards the weekend. It's almost here. Michael Jenkins live in D.C. She is Chelsea Messenger live in Nashville, Tennessee. You know what it is, the Friday morning good time edition. So we're going to hand out picks and leans for the AFC Championship game and the NFC Championship game after we recap last night's action on the hardwood. During the 7 o'clock hour, we'll check out if there are any bets that we like today in the NBA while looking at pro football futures as well. And at 8 o'clock, what do you expect, baby? More football along with a fantastic guest as well. Tim Barbalace from 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore joins the show before we talk to the Chalk Donkey at 8.40. Chelsea, I see you with the biggest tumbler ever made. You got that at Costco. It holds <clears throat> 256 ounces. How are you on this Friday? Well, it's from Kroger and it holds 32 ounces and oh. I am dealing <laughs> with this thing in my throat every single morning for this week where I don't know, it just feels like I have this tickle in the back of my throat so when you have that Mm -hmm. doesn't it feel like when you're sick it's always at the worst in the morning so i am trying to guzzle water in hopes that i can talk for three hours during a show well i'm trying to guzzle water because i had too many old fashions last night that's why i'm not feeling good i do this thing when i haven't had a lot to eat and i've had some drinks where i forget things that happen immediately like, I was with the lovely Catherine last night, and she's like, all right, babe, I'm going to go, and I'm going to go do Pilates. And I was like, okay, that sounds good. And then five minutes later, I text Catherine, hey, where'd you go? She's like, honey, <laughs> I just left. She's like, go to bed. I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. I got to get food in my stomach, but I ate this morning, which I never do. So I'm feeling actually better than I normally do, oddly enough, because I always just go on fumes or caffeine or water or whatever. So maybe this will become a new trend for me where I'm being healthy, I'm waking up, and I'm having a good meal every morning. I don't know, though. It's not not normally what I do. What is your aversion to eating? Like, eating is what gets me out of bed. Like, I get myself some kind of treat, and that's literally what gets me out of bed. I'm like, Chelsea, if you get up right this instant, you mm-hmm. can have some mini muffins. You can have the chocolate <laughs> chip kind. You can have the fun fetty kind. But if you get up right now, you can have a single package of mini muffins. Like, this is what gets me through the day. I don't really? understand how you don't eat 
for an entire show. Like, what is your aversion to breakfast? Does it make your stomach turn or something? No, I I love breakfast. It's just, it's so early. I think it's a time thing. I think in the morning, like time is so precious because it's so early. So anytime you can save a minute or two here or there, like I walked in this morning, I was running a little bit late, having some Uber issues. I got here at 5.56. So anytime you can save a minute or two, it's huge. And I think for me, because I don't want to have to make something and I guess I could get some sort of mini meal or something, but just spending a few minutes making breakfast, which I know doesn't sound very smart. I'm like, nah, that's time, time wasted. I could be working on the show. I can just have it later. Maybe it's too early. I can't figure it out. I don't really have an aversion. It's just I, not, I just get coffee and I go. Well, there are prepaid meals or like pre-made meals. It's not like I am in the, the kitchen cooking mini muffins. They're like <laughs> the terrible ones that are, you know, Heating in the up box the that you buy at the store. Jenks, I have multiple breakfasts. Like you don't have any, I have like three breakfasts. I have one before the show, I have the mini muffin. During the show, I will sneak down to the kitchen and get myself a snack, Uh, breakfast number two. After the show, I go absolutely ham and I have a massive breakfast because I think I know the answer to this question since you don't eat at all, but I always feel super famished after the show. I don't know if it's the time thing, I don't know if it's like the stress factor, because I'm somebody when I'm stressed, I want to eat. I wish I was one of those people that was just like, oh, I just don't have time to eat. But it's a real thing. Like, I love to eat. Well, that's good. Well, also, you're working from home, so you can walk to the refrigerator during a break. I got to go up to the break room and be like, hmm, maybe I'll have a Snickers. The vending machine? I'm I'm at work. I can't go. There's not a fridge up there at, at home. Like, There's I'm, a I'm vending at work. machine? I think Beef you jerky. can spare a dollar fifty. Well, I can, but I'm saying as far as breakfast options, I mean, I guess I could eat, but do I want to have a Twix and I don't know, some sort of random like, oh, here's some, here's some cheese and ham. I don't know. I just feel like the options aren't great for a breakfast at work. Do you know what I mean? Like there's good food options, but not necessarily for breakfast. Jenks, I've been there and I've had breakfast from the vending machine. You get yourself a chocolate milk. That's something you don't even have to necessarily eat. It has proteins. It has vitamins. I feel like Mm. you would feel a lot better if you had something in your stomach that had a little substance to it. Because isn't it really irritating for your stomach to have caffeine with nothing in it? Oh, yeah. That's why I'm always in the bathroom because I have no food in my stomach. Just straight caffeine or water. (laughs) One of the two. But maybe, maybe I'll go up during the break. And I'll have a Three Musketeers, and then I'll chase that with, I don't know, like some sort of pepperoni slices or something. I'm like, ooh, 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 great breakfast for this guy. I know what you're saying, though. I would probably do better to have a full stomach. Chelsea, maybe I'm just upset because I went 0-2 in my bets last night. You, once again, on the college hardwood, just like an auto tail at this point. Well, I wouldn't say that, uh, but it's been a nice stretch. Had Quinnipiac, which multiple people messaged me and said, what is a Quinnipiac? And I said, it is a college basketball team that you can bet on today. And I hope they tailed because I had a minus five over Mount St. Mary's. They won it 79 to 65. I was kind of box score checking this game. I was a little closer early on, but Quinnipiac was very much in charge for most of the game. So we will take it despite the haters on Instagram making fun of my mid-major picks.
It's the pride of Hamden, Connecticut, for God's sakes. Come on, guys. If you're going to bet on right. basketball, you got to know Quinnipiac. I had, I love my picks, just did not work out. I think everything I touched yesterday was garbage. I had Jazz at Wizards over 244. The Jazz win 123-108, just 231 points. And that one, that was a loss. Also had Devils Canes over six. Canes win 3-2. That was a loss as well. Ugh. As for the Donks Tree, had a one and one night. Laid 13 and a half with Hofstra. Hosting William and Mary, but Hofstra only wins 64-55, but did lay 27 points with St. Mary's, and they beat Pacific 76-28. So for the week, Chelsea, you are leading the way. Four and one, I'm four and three, and the Donkster bringing up the rear at three and six. It is a daily tip from Becky Hill, presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us on a Friday morning. Hope your stomachs are full. Hope you won your bets last night. What did we see yesterday in the NBA? Well, we're going to start out west, where the Lakers beat the Bulls 141-132. The Lakers were laying six. The Lakers minus 225 on the money line. Total set at 230 and a hook. The overhits. D'Angelo Russell leads the way with 29 points, including Eight three-pointers. LeBron James adds 25 points and 12 boards after being named to his 20th All-Star team. And the Lakers shoot 60% from the field. They've won four of their last six. Good for you guys. I'm not quite sure I believe in the Lakers, but it's been a better run than normal for those guys. Oh, yes. A big standing ovation for the L.A. Lakers for a home <laughs> win and improving wow. to 500 on the season. A blistering 23 and 23. And I say that in jest. I know because this is the story we saw from the Lakers last year. They barely snuck into the postseason. This year, it feels like the same deal. At this point in the season, they need to mm -hmm. simply win games. So I guess this is a big win when you are a team hovering right around 500. Uh, looking at the other side, I was kind of wondering who would pick up the slack with Zach Levine being out of the lineup for the Bulls. Kobe White has been fantastic as of late. Like you said, 25 points in this one. And also DeMar DeRozan has had some big games. 32 points, led the way for all Bulls scorers. Had 21 last game, 18 and 24 so maybe a couple of players to target in the meantime while Zach Levine is out. Yeah, that's a good idea. DeMar DeRozan always seems to play well in front of that L.A. crowd because he's from the area. Still a loss for Chicago. Let's stay out west because the Kings topped the Warriors 134-133. We get a push. The Kings were favored by one. Kings minus 120 on the money line. You're over under at MGM. Send me a robe. Is 244 the over hits? DeMontis Sabonis makes a go ahead dunk with 22 seconds to play. Had 18 points, 13 assists on the night. Harrison Barnes, a career high 39. And Steph Curry did have a chance to win this bad boy during the final possession of the game, but turned the ball over. So the Kings win and they split their season series with Golden State. Steph, after the game, said he probably should have called a timeout. It was just too chaotic and he didn't do it. Yeah, it just it seems to be a lost season for the Warriors. And I think we knew that this was coming in a slower fashion. Like we've seen it coming. When you see a team that has a dynasty, it can be really hard to uphold that for multiple years. Like it's got to end at some point. So it looks like yeah. we have some clear uh we have some clarity here that it's not the year for the Golden State Warriors. Looking at the other side, I think we need to give some flowers 
to DeMontis Sabonis. I know we always talk about, you know, skilled big men and Nikola Jokic doing those highlight reel worthy passes. He did a behind the back one, the, uh, I believe it was last night. But DeMontis Sabonis right now leads the league in rebounds and ranks seventh in assists. He has eight assists a game and leads the league in rebounds. So I feel like this is the forgotten big man, but once again, putting in work for the Sacramento Kings. It sounds like a good B movie, the forgotten big man, DeMontis Sabonis. But you're right. You've been on him all season as far as his player props are concerned, and he's been great. In Indianapolis, the Pacers upset the Sixers 134-122. The Pacers were getting five points. They were plus 160, and the total set at 240, the overhits. They went out. They traded for Pascal Siakam. So what does he do? He cards his first triple-double in more than a year. 26 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists. Miles Turner with 20 points. And even without Tyrese Halliburton, the Pacers step up, and they end Philadelphia's six-game winning streak. This is exactly why they got a player of that caliber, because he was fantastic last night. Talking about Siakam. Yeah, this was a good home win for the Pacers. But I think a lot of us were wondering, what would be the follow-up performance for Joel Embiid after scoring Mm -hmm. 70 points? And I know a lot of people in the gambling world say, okay, once you have somebody who goes way above their scoring prop, maybe the next night you white-knuckle it and take the under. I think it was the play Mm -hmm. last night. He only finished with 31. I would imagine his points prop was somewhere uh, over that, if I am not mistaken, because the season average is 36. So I would think it's around 34 and a half. So do you think this is a matter of him running out of gas or just, you know, it was a normal run-of-the-mill night where he's not going to score, he's not going to shoot, you know, 40 times or however many he shot last time when he scored 70? No, he's still at 31 points. I think when you're getting to a point in your season or career where people say, oh, are you running out of gas or things going poorly for you and you're still dropping 31, like it speaks to the expectations you have set. I don't know how many games in a row now. It's like 17 or 18 straight where he's had at least 30 points. Every single game he plays, he adds to that franchise record. So I definitely believe that there's probably an inflated number out there after a 70 spot. But overall... He continues to deliver. I just, it's difficult to bet on a player like that because the number's always so high. Exactly. But remember I said, oh, the points prop is 34 and a half against the Wizards. Seems a little high. And then he scored 70. So I don't know if I can say that (laughs) again without laughing. But I think from (laughs) a strategy perspective, maybe that's the way to go. But I won't be caught dead doing it. Because imagine taking an under on somebody and then they score 70. Like, Joel Embiid certainly has the capabilities to do so. And this was poised to be a high-scoring matchup. Wasn't that the BetQL five-star play of the day was the Pacers Sixers over? So, like, I wouldn't have taken the under there. You would have had to sweat it. Uh, But once again, uh, the Sixers and the Pacers, two of the top-scoring teams in the NBA. Yeah, Pacers never trailed in this game. They end their three-game slide. Have to talk about an upset in college basketball before we go to break. Oregon State tops Arizona, number nine Arizona, 83-80. Oregon State was getting 18 points. They were plus 1050 on the money line. Total set at 149 and hooked the overhits. This game was tied at 80 with time running out when this happens. Tie game. Perfect. Oregon State has a timeout if they want it. No, Wayne's saying go for it. Too, too slow. They wasted five, five seconds. seconds. 
Jordan Pope for the win. Oh! Oh! And Jordan Pope calls game. One of the greatest games I've ever seen here. <laughs> it's Bill Lawson on ESPN. Ah! Ah! Acted like he pulled a hernia. It, it was a great game, Chelsea. I don't think this is one of the greatest games ever played or ever seen by Bill Walton. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> ah! God! Ah! I want that job as a color commentator coming up next. Guys, we got to talk some football. Double D says Lamar Jackson's overrated. Oh, we'll see. It's the Daily Tip from MQL presented by Madam Jim. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Presented by MetMGM on a Friday. She's Chelsea. I'm Jinx. Coming up, the city of Baltimore hosts the AFC Championship game for the first time since 1971 when they were the Baltimore Colts. You don't think the Ravens fans in this area, the city of Baltimore, is ready for this game? They are ready. Chelsea, did you see this yesterday? There is a there is a championship, a fantasy football championship called the National Fantasy Football Championship, headed up by a company called Sports Hub. And this is a serious, serious competition where you compete, obviously, in fantasy football. The first prize is $150,000. They had a little over 1,500 entries this season. But there were some guys on a podcast. It's called the Ship Chasing Podcast, and they're hardcore players. And they discovered that someone inside the company was manipulating the fantasy lineups for one team. So I guess he was working in concert with someone who had a team, and he was changing players, trying to sneak in players who were having better fantasy games than other players after the games had already started. Like, for example, when the wildcard games were being played, originally someone in his lineup had Raheem Mostert, and he didn't have a great game. 33 yards, eight carries. So someone within the company pulled out Raheem Mostert and then slipped in Aaron Jones of the Packers, who had 118 rushing yards and three touchdowns when the Pack upset the Cowboys. So this employee has been fired, and they snuffed it out. Apparently it didn't hurt the results, so everyone is fine now. But some sneaky going on in fantasy football. I I love fantasy football, but I'm glad that the guys on this podcast figure this out because that is a lot of money at stake and no one likes a cheater. How did they figure this out? Because I'm trying to think when you play somebody in fantasy, 
I think you mm-hmm. maybe do a quick glance of their team and you say, okay, they have this quarterback. Um, you know, great, good, grand, whatever. But mm-hmm. did they remember, like, looking at the person's lineup and saying, whoa, this is not the same running back they had? And how do you decide if you're going crazy or not? Because there's no way to prove it. Like, I don't yeah. think in a million years I would have thought, oh, well, this m- person must be an employee of the company and they must be manipulating the website. I never would have thought of that. Does it say how they found out? It doesn't. It says that they became aware of it and then notified the company. I would imagine, I don't know how this went down, but if you're looking at, if if it's a high-level competition, I would think, obviously, you're aware of the starting lineups of opposing teams, of guys who are going against you. Maybe you get a screen capture, whatever it is, and you're like, all right, this is who this guy's starting. And then you're like, oh, well, this is great. Raheem Mostert is struggling. And then you look, and you're like, how in the hell is Aaron Jones in the lineup? And they did this twice twice in one weekend so whoever was doing it the contestant was getting greedy again he had some help but they were probably just hyper aware of who they were going up against because they were getting closer to the end of the season and noted the operator and said hey or i we, we got to do something here and and i will say like credit to the company sports up who came out and took care of it but i would assume that's how they got it done also can you win the biggest prize if you're an employee of the company That's the other thing I would have questions about, because that's probably why so many contests don't let you win if you are a part of the company, right? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, no. You, the employee definitely was not was not eligible. I think there was probably some sort of agreement, right? This is all speculation. I don't know what went down. But you could say, hey, if you'll manipulate the lineup for us and we win, we'll give you a cut. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Where you're yeah. saying, I guess what we'll pay you. We're going to get $150,000 if we win and you're going to get some money. I know you're not eligible, but we'll give you some of this money. If you help us win, I guarantee you that's how that went. That, that was a huge thing back when DraftKings and FanDuel and all of them first started was that they swore. Oh, well, I mean, you can play as long as you're not part of the program and everybody went and we're like, no, yeah. we're not doing this. You, you so that was a huge thing was that they had some people that were like, Mm, okay. I'm not sure this is the best thing to do. Yeah. You can't so, have a conflict yeah. of interest like that. But I'm sure that's how it went down. But good on them for getting it straight. I guess. That's crazy. <laughs> Pe- yeah, the that's things crazy. people do for fantasy football. Even people who don't have that much money on the line. Like some of these fantasy football punishments, mm-hmm. the way that people act about their fantasy football team, like it is, you know, a band of their children. So I get it. People go crazy for fantasy football. And I guess on the other side, people who do fantasy football are like, God, those people who bet on sports, they're crazy. They'll do anything, man. They'll complain about losing by the hook. So maybe, you know, we are two of the same kind. I Well, what was it? A couple of years ago, I was playing fantasy football and this guy was so hard. And I, I play only because a couple of friends of mine. I have a group of guys I play with since kindergarten. We don't take it that seriously. And then a group here in D.C. They're like, come on, you got to play, you got to play. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll play. 
And this guy, I would, I didn't even know him that well. And I'd see him like a couple times during the fall with some friends of mine. He'd be like, hey, man, it looks like you started Jalen Hurts instead of Josh Allen this week. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. I thought it was a better matchup. I don't, I don't, and he would just like get really into it. I'm like, I really don't care. Like, I, I, I really don't care. Like, it's, if I win, great. But he was so into it. And honestly, they wouldn't let him back in the league this year. They're like, yeah, he was really getting on people. I was like, yeah, he's pretty intense, man. Like, I like to play, but I don't want someone saying, oh, I can't believe you switched out the books defense over the weekend. They're like, I don't want to have a conversation with anybody. Right. Fantasy football, if you are playing for fun, should be about fun. Like, you can trash talk people after the right. fact, but, like, don't blow me up during the week. Like, no, you need to be playing this person. Shut up. I have my fantasy lineup. I have to keep the guy that's in the name of my team. Have you ever come across that where you've named a team after a certain player and then that player gets, like, <laughs> hurt for the season? And you're like, yeah, now my team is cursed. Oh, that's like the Madden curse. Never name your team after a player. Don't do it. Don't do it. You're asking. Do you but do there's that? There's so many puns. I'm sure you do. You have Debo I feel like Samuel. Everybody, everybody does puns Don't in their you. names. Do they not? Like you play fantasy football. What's the percentage yes. of people who use a player's name and some sort of pun as their team name? Like a pun or alliteration? Like Debo's dogs? Something like that? That's probably your, your team name guaranteed i was going to come up something God. with Vrabel, but i couldn't do it like what's a what can i do with a v and an r i don't know Vrabel room i can't do that but it didn't work out for me well, head what's the name of your fantasy team in, head, head coaches aren't in fantasy football can you imagine if they were if they were like man that clock management down the stretch negative two points for you know whoever your coach is or your coach just missed a challenge and he didn't get it right. That's a negative two for you and your coach. But yeah. if they had like an epic like sideline rant or something, you get positive points. Imagine oh. if they did this in college football. Like who would be the best fantasy football, college football coach if rants mattered? I do think that Nick Saban would still be at the top of the list. He's the GOAT. Every time he'd, he'd mention rat poison, you just get extra points. He'd be the number one draft pick mm -hmm. each and every single year. Every year, I'm going to miss the coach. One of the goats. Okay, we got to talk about this AFC Championship game, Chelsea. It's Sunday at 3. Chiefs and Ravens just up the road. I-95 here in the DMV. The Ravens are laying 3.5 points. The Ravens minus 200. Chiefs are plus 165. Total set at 44.5. So what's going to go down here? Is Patrick Mahomes going to continue to cement his legacy? Six straight AFC Championship games for the Chiefs or... Is this the year when the Baltimore freaking Ravens assert themselves down the Chiefs and punch their ticket with Lamar, who is playing like an MVP, who is going to win the MVP leading the way? Well, I think it's important today to look back on the past week and think, has our opinion changed throughout the week? Because we've been talking about this game for the entire week. Obviously, mm -hmm. we only have two games on the slate. So my first instinct was, with the rest of America, was Lamar Jackson is going to run wild in this game. I feel like the rushing prop for quarterbacks is a solid bet in the playoffs. But guess what? Everybody is betting on this. This was 59 mm -hmm. and a half earlier in the week. Now I've seen it at like 66. So, Jenks, here's a question. If I like this bet at the start of the week, I still kind of mm -hmm. like it, but everyone in America is on it, and it's gone up like seven full yards. Should I still bet 
on Lamar Jackson's rushing prop. I mean, maybe, but that's some serious movement for a player prop. Right? God, Double D. I, Double D, why do you hate Lamar Jackson? Okay, the, that's not the conversation so I'm having. This has nothing to do with... I'm... <sighs> what? I'm just, I'm just saying, if you're talking about a prop, if you're talking about whether or not he's going to rush for a certain amount, I think it's part of the conversation. How do you think he's going to perform in this spot? Has it moved too much? If you think he's going to ball out, you think he's going to go crazy, then I wouldn't talk you off of it. If the Ravens are going to win this game, Lamar Jackson's going to have to go off. Well, I wasn't saying that wasn't a part of the conversation. I'm saying the overarching conversation about Lamar Jackson and his legacy is like not really going into this one for me because I'm looking at a number and I did like it when it started, but from a betting standpoint, when something moves that much, it's really tough to swallow. Like think about getting the worst number on any bet. You know, it doesn't matter what the bet is, whether it's a side, whether it's a total, like you don't want to do it. So let's see what the live number is right now. 65 and a half. Okay, it is a yard lower over at BetMGM. But here's the thing about Lamar Jackson. Isn't he somebody who can go way over this number? Like, would anybody be shocked if he goes for 80-plus yards in this game? No, probably not. And all of the writing is still on the wall from the game that we saw last week. Josh Allen going, going over his rushing prop in the first half of this game. So maybe this is going to be a parlay piece where you take an alternate rushing total, you dump it down to like 50 or something, and maybe that's the way you play it. But still, I feel like there is not a way where Lamar Jackson's feet are not a part of this game. Yeah, exactly. That's the entire point. Like, <laughs> if you believe in Lamar Jackson having a big game, if you believe in the Ravens, then you should bet this prop. I think that's entirely the conversation. So, yeah, if if you are fading Lamar, if you think he's going to fold in the playoffs, if you don't think he's going to do well, then I would not touch that prop. But again, if you think he's going to continue playing like an MVP, if you think he's going to continue what we saw last week, then maybe there's not a number high enough, particularly when you're talking about the Super Bowl being on the line. And I also like, I also like Mark Andrews this week. He is going to play. He has been a full participant in practice, and I feel like because he hasn't played a little bit, maybe there's some value there. Because you know how these player props are. They are definitely influenced by what we've seen, not just during the regular season, but also what we've seen previously in the playoffs. So because maybe the market has shrunk on him a little bit, and he is Lamar's primary guy, I would look at a player prop on him to go over. I think it's somewhere in the 40s as far as his receiving prop is concerned. So I'm going to look at that as well. I feel like I have a pretty tough stance on players coming off the injury list because it doesn't take much for a player to re-injure themselves. And, you know, that's a terrible way to lose a bet. So, like, I agree with you. Um, maybe the number is what you're looking at here. But still, you're right. He is one of his primary security blankets, especially in the red zone. Because I was thinking if you want some big plus money, maybe you take an anytime touchdown. On Mark Andrews, that's something where it's going to be short yardage situations. He's not going to be out in the open field, uh, you know, possibly re-injuring himself. But he's only two to one to score a touchdown. So maybe that tells you a lot on how big of a threat he is in the red zone. But I generally like to stay away from players coming out the injury report, but it's the playoffs, So we know he's going to be giving 100%. What do you think about the total in this game sitting at 44 and a half? 
our defense is going to rule the day because these are two very, very good defenses? Or are we going to see Mahomes and Lamar Jackson both go off here at least enough to eclipse the total and hit the over? Uh, it's a coin flip to me. Uh, I could totally yeah. see this one going under, and that's where we've seen the line movement. Because both of these teams, I would not be shocked if both of them want to run the football. It's wild to me the amount of balance that we've seen in the Chiefs offense this year. Normally, you have Patrick uh, Mahomes, you have Andy Reid. That's going to be a passing first offense. But Isaiah Pacheco has been a large part of this offense. And also, you look at the Ravens, who are, are very effective at running the football. Two of the best defenses in the NFL. The Ravens, the second best red zone defense. So usually, the totals come down to if a team is going to score touchdowns or field goals, the Ravens are one of the best in the league at limiting teams to field goals or less. In the, in the red zone. So it's a no play for me. They still have Patrick Mahomes and one of the best two-minute drill quarterbacks in the game. So no play for me. And, of course, we're going to continue talking about this throughout the show. It is a football Friday. Coming up next year on the show, Kyle Shanahan has been oh so close to winning a Super Bowl. He will get another shot if the Niners can take care of business against the Lions on Sunday. We will preview the NFC Championship game. That is next on the Daily Tip from BQL presented by BetMGM. Stay right there. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. on a Friday. That is the Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Coming up, the Lions take their Motown magic to the city by the bay. We're talking NFC Championship. I'll tell you what was the talk of the gambling world yesterday was former LSU receiver Keyshawn Booty. And it has been revealed that when he was playing for the Tigers before he was 21 years old, he went online, created a fake account, and placed around 9,000 wagers within a year span. I got to think about this for a second. That is Phil Mickelson territory. He pulled the Phil. The Phil. I did a little calculating here on the computer. That's an average of 24 bets a day every single day for a year. Now, he bet on... Games involving his own team, that's a problem. And it's also a problem, a bigger problem, because he's not 21. So for every single major he made or bet he made during that time, that is breaking a state and federal law. So he is in a world of trouble. 9,000 bets. How do you make 9,000 bets in a year if your name isn't Phil Mickelson? Well, there's only two people at the top. Now it's... Billy Mick and Case Sean Booty. Well done, boys. Well done. Okay, so we talked about this a bit during the break. Do you think he was sharing the account with somebody? Because 25 bet today is pretty excessive. Like, I was trying to think, do you think you've made 9,000 bets in your entire life? Like, I don't think I have. No. Because for the longest time, props weren't available. 
and betting on your phone wasn't a thing. So it was a lot harder. You had to fill out a sheet and go take it to the sports book. Like there was a lot more effort. Now, I guess, you know, you can fire away bets pretty quickly, as we see with this guy placing 9,000 bets. Um, do you think he shared it? Like, how do you think this is even possible? <sighs> he had to have shared it. Or maybe not. I mean, sometimes people are just degenerates. But that's a lot of baseball. Yeah. Surely he did. I mean, that's a lot. Or a ton of, of football. Or he didn't even bet it's on just baseball. a ton of bets. And he bet like 100 bets a day during football season. That's a, I mean, that's even more extreme. I mean, it's possible, <laughs> certainly possible, but that's, that's a lot. I don't know. I mean, maybe he did. But you're burying the lead. This guy was amazing for, for a run. Yeah. Oh, he he ran this account up to what? 500 grand at one point? He started with like 130,000 or whatever, somewhere in there and ran it up to over 500,000, but then only cashed and out then, 50. And then cashed out 50 bucks. <laughs> 50,000. Oh, sorry. $50,000. $50. That'd be even better. Runs it up to 500 grand. And I got $50 out of it. Oh man, oh, no. it always gets you in the end. You should have cat. You had a half a million there. Oh, you got to cash that out. Yeah, but he's eighteen. Or how old was he? He's not making good decisions. Do you think if you were a teenager and you saw that kind of number flash to try uh, across your sports betting app, wouldn't you want to keep riding it? Like this seems like a risk taker. Somebody who is gambling illegally, somebody who is betting on his own team, feels to me that this is the personality type that's not cashing out. I mean, and doesn't this happen to everyone, no matter how much you're making? It's all relative. So if you're making, if you're making 50 bucks a night and all of a sudden you look up and you've got $3,000 in your account, you're like, maybe I can make it four. Maybe I can make it five. If you got 500 G's in your account, you're like, you know what? <laughs> I mean, we've come this far. Maybe I, maybe I can get a cool million in there. I just keep this run going. You always think you can keep it going, which is why what happens? He cashed out 50 grand. It doesn't it doesn't matter if you're playing slots, doesn't matter if you're wagering, doesn't matter if you're at the blackjack table, you always think, "Oh, I can get more. I can get more." And I feel like that's probably what happened here. Why why wouldn't he think that? He had already run it up to 500 Gs. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Where did he get 130,000 in the first place? Didn't you say he started with 130000 Is that his NIL money? I mean, this is, yeah. I mean, who knows exactly. But would it stun me if, oh, I mean, this very good five-star recruit from Louisiana went to LSU and had some pocket change that he could put in a gambling account? It wouldn't be the craziest oh. thing I've ever heard. I don't know if that's true, <laughs> but it wouldn't surprise me. It sounds about right. Like, imagine. Especially now. Imagine if you went to his dorm room and he's like eating ramen noodles and you're like, where did all your money go, bro? Like your shoes have holes in them. Didn't they give you money yeah. to go here? And he's like, oh man, I've got a better use for that money. And you're like, no, yeah, no, no, don't do that. But again, he seems to have a risk taker personality by doing yeah. all of these things. So he's the last person that's going to sit there and say, oh, I'm going to cash out. But do you think it is a different mentality when that much money is on the line? Because we always watch those shows like Deal or mm -hmm. No Deal or, you know, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I guess that hasn't been on in quite some time. But you get what I'm saying. It's different mm -hmm. when you have 
that amount of money and you've already made it this far. So like, I see where he's coming from. Maybe he thought he was really good at sports betting, which, you know, I guess he was at one point. So I can see where he's coming from. When I watch deal or no deal every now and then I scream at the TV. I scream. Because people forget this is real money. They get caught up with the lights and Howie Mandel, and it's just a game. And it's like, you can take $265,000 or try for a million. You know, all you need is three more cases. And I'm like, you have more than a quarter million dollars right there for the taking. And what happens? They look at the family and they're like, well, we came here to gamble, didn't we? Uh, no deal. And then they lose and they walk home with $150. I'm like, you are an idiot. Take the money. Take the money. Oh, my God. <sighs> he should have taken the money. But it's hard when you're in the moment, I guess. But don't you think the people who are the producers of Deal or No Deal, when they are looking for contestants, don't you think they're looking for people who are risk takers? Like, I'm imagining yes. they're seeing this guy. And they're like, we got to get this guy on our show. He's not going to cost a, sig- a single penny. He's going to go till yeah. he can't go anymore. So I tend to think that, you know, the sample size is a little skewed there. Don't you think they go for people who are going to go for it? I'm sure they take people or they screen people that have sort of a risk-taking mentality. And I also think that it gets worse when you're just in the moment because it's it's just a number. You're not you don't really have that money. I mean, you can take it, but it's just sitting there just kind of in the ether like, "Oh, I could walk in with this or I could actually make a million dollars here." And you just kind of lose touch with reality. Oh, that just drives me and crazy. And it's peer pressure. Like you're yeah. somebody who succumbs to peer pressure. So very yeah. rich of you to sit there and say, oh, I wouldn't do it. When somebody's like, hey, I'm James, not giving up. A I bought you a shot of million. whiskey. And you're like. I, well, that's true. I'd be like, ah, I came here to gamble, right? Don't we gamble? Isn't this what we do? No deal, Howie. Let's go. Just three cases. And then immediately you choose the case that's a million dollars and you lose all your cash. Uh, that probably would happen. What's going to happen this weekend in the NFC Championship game? Lions and Niners. Niners laying seven points. Niners minus 350 on the money line. The Lions are plus 260. Total set at 51. Chelsea, give me a play here. Just lay it out for me so I don't have to do any work on a Friday. What's going to happen? Well, the single most important factor in this game is the status of Debo Samuel. And we did get some promising updates from Debo yesterday. He did practice. He was limited, but he was back on the field. And I watched some video and like, he looked like he was moving pretty well. And you've got to remember, this is the NFC championship game. I feel like if there is a chance in hell that he can be out on the field, he's going to do it. Especially the way that things went down last season. Remember their quarterback got hurt and they had Christian McCaffrey throwing passes in the NFC championship game. I feel like this is a team hell bent on winning the NFC championship game this time around. Uh, So I think I would lean towards the Niners. It is a big number to lay in the postseason at seven here, a full touchdown. But think about this. We've talked about this on the show already this week. In 10 postseason games so far this season, only two games has the spread actually mattered, which means either Mm -hmm. the underdog won outright or the favorite won and covered in eight of those 10 games. So maybe if you're just picking a winner here, and I do think the Niners have the capability 
of blowing the Lions out because the Lions have been blown out by some of the better teams in the NFL this year. Look at the Ravens game. Uh, So I think Mm -hmm. I'd lean towards the Niners, but the seven makes me a little sick to my stomach because wouldn't it be not shocking if the Niners were conservative down the stretch, you know, if this game was close. So I'd lean towards the Niners, but I don't think I'm actually playing it. Let me say this to you. You're chiming in all the way from Nashville. You've got a new home you want to continue decorating. You've talked about a six-point teaser. Niners minus one. You play the total down to 45 and bet the over. You like to gamble. You're four and one this week. Deal or no deal? If it's a free bet, yes, deal. If it's my own money, I will make a small wager on it. It will not be a million-dollar bet because same-game teasers, like, they're very tempting, but you really have Mm -hmm. to thread the needle because think about Mm -hmm. all outcomes of this game. Okay, if the Niners dominate, great. There's one of your sides. They win by at least one point. But then Mm -hmm. the total comes into play because if it's a blowout, this is usually a recipe for unders. And 51-and-a-half – It's a pretty high total. That means it can land 51. And I know we're talking about the teaser. So now it's 45 and a half. It's over that hump of 45. So it definitely has a sabotage factor to it. So I like it. But again, I don't love it. Mm, Well, hold on. Hold on one second here. What's that? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Mm. All right. Well, the banker says that you could also put down a seven-point teaser if that makes you feel more comfortable since the line is moving up. Deal or no deal? No deal. Seven-point teaser? What is that, minus 145? No, thank you. All right. Well, I guess I'm not going to get hired to host the show. That was, you know, that was me trying out right there. It didn't really work out in my favor. Coming up next year on the show, we take a look at today's NBA schedule with Doc Rivers making his coaching debut for the Bucks. It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. For more, listen to the daily tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.